0: Hi there, and welcome to Mosaic Church's Portable Talks podcast series on Christian community development. My name is Andrew Karam, and I'm the lead pastor
1: of Mosaic Intercultural Church in London, Ontario. And I'm Kenny Wallace, and I'm the pastor of Liturgy.
2: And I'm David Cottrell, Mosaic's pastor of Outreach and Community Development. So we are
1: here to do three things.
0: First, we will share our stories of Christian community development. Second, we'll discuss the scriptures that call us and teach us to practice Christian community development. And third, we will consider practical steps that each of us can take as
1: individuals, but also that we can take as a church community to grow in Christian community development. Christian community development is a a bit of a mouthful, so we'll often talk about it as CCD. It's one of Mosaic's compass points, so we believe Jesus has called all Christians to follow him and practice CCD in one way or another. CCD is an approach we take to every area of our work at Mosaic. So, for example, I, in my work with our liturgists, our worship leaders here, um, we're using Christian community development or CCD principles there.
0: So we got the wording, Christian Community Development, from the Christian Community Development Association, the CCDA, which began in Mississippi in the southern United States. We do not have a formal relationship with them, and they are not seeking to expand as an organization outside of the United States, which we really respect. But the reason we have adopted this language is, first, that it is explicitly Christian, It's rooted in the Scriptures, and it flows out of the ministry of faithful Christians in their own context. Second, it is distinct. It stands out. And it has clear Christian concepts that are connected with it and rooted in the context from which they come. Third, we really respect the example that our brothers and sisters in the CCDA have set. And we want to learn from them
2: and emulate their work in our own context. Mm -hmm. And throughout these podcast episodes, you'll get to hear the stories how each of us has been influenced and shaped by Christian community development. You'll also hear how we live out CCD in our work here at Mosaic and our lives in London. And we'll take the time in each episode to discuss the scriptures that God has used to call us to this kind of work and that he's used to teach us how to do it.
1: We'll also talk about practical ways that you can take a CCD approach to life. And we'll pray for you and bless you into the faithful practice of CCD. All right. So today we get to hear the story of Pastor Andrew. So mm-hmm. Andrew, tell us, tell us about when you first engaged uh, CCD.
0: Yeah. So when I was doing my undergrad at Wilfrid Laurier University in Waterloo, uh, I remember very distinctly going to church one Sunday and they had a special speaker named Joyce Heron, and uh, she's now married uh, and her last name is Joyce Reese um, but she gave this prophetic word about God's commitment and passion for justice and at the time she was um, living in the downtown east side of Vancouver and just the fire and the power in her was incredibly like convicting not you know what I mean? Like the Holy Spirit was speaking mm-hmm. through her very powerfully, and I was like, "Oh my goodness!" And that was a it was a radical message that I had not heard before. And then somewhere it went, in the next year, I was um, doing this word study through the Bible, where I was uh, I had this list of scripture passages that talk about righteousness and the word righteous. And I was just basically reading everything I could in the Bible about that, and I got to Isaiah um, fifty eight, mm-hmm. right, where it talks about. Um, you know, God is not really impressed with our religious activities. This is like, if we're going to be fasting and that kind of thing, the fast that really pleases God is if we clothe naked, look after our neighbor, that kind of thing. And then as we walk in God's righteousness and keep his Sabbath and that kind of stuff, then our righteousness will shine like the sun, right? And again, like God convicted me so deeply. And so I think at that moment, I think I was probably like fasting And doing that study, and I was like, oh, no, I should think about justice while I'm fasting. And um, so a friend of mine helped me out, and she collected my money. So when I fasted, I just set aside the money that I would spend on food, gave it to her, and then we would give it to some organization or whatever. Anyway, long story short, um, some other folks that were in my circles introduced me to this uh, organization in Kitchener-Waterloo called The Working Center. So not an evangelical organization. They're coming out of the Catholic world. Uh, there's this family, uh, Joe Mancini and um, I forget the rest of his family members' names. But they had gone to Africa and, as on, uh, on a Roman Catholic service trip and had been overwhelmed by the dynamic community that was there. And they came back to Canada and they were like, why is our community life so thin here? And I said, maybe we could live like the African people that we met over there. Maybe we could think about how they live out community and, and do that here in Canada. And so they, um, they moved into downtown Kitchener, lived in a tiny apartment, uh, lived communally, and were thinking and praying about practices that would, um, really, like, cultivate the shalom, if you will, like the, the, the flourishing, the godly flourishing of Kitchener-Waterloo. And, um, and they were really listening to this, uh, well, reading, I guess, not list. This is way before podcast, but they were um, reading a guy named Ivan Illich, and so they got really into. Uh, I probably pronounced that name wrong. Do you guys know how to pronounce that name? It might be Illich. No. I'm not sure. Um, <laughs> anyway, they were they began to, to they had these really core practices that include they included things like uh, shared tools. Um, I forget the rest of them, but that was kind of my introduction to people. Uh, who were taking Christian faith and thinking deeply about the systems and structures that they were in and then living it out, but when I showed up to volunteer with them, I took some st- uh, by this time, I was a university staff worker, campus minister, and I took some students with me to go volunteer, and they were running like a community meal right and uh, there's this woman named Gretchen who said, "Okay, if you guys want to volunteer here you 're very welcome, but you have to eat first. you have mm. to be served, and you have to eat mm. Mm. Right. Like, okay. So we had to go through the line to receive the free food. Right. It was like, and it was like the second harvest thing. Right. So it's all the leftovers from the grocery stores. It's been prepared by volunteers. We had to go and be served by other people, some of whom were like living on the street and whatnot, and go sit among the people and and eat and and so they they enforced. That's not really a great word, but they had these principles and practices that flipped relationships and power dynamics upside mm-hmm. down, right? Mm-hmm. Very simple, very elegant, mm-hmm. but really powerful and really compelling. And so I, um, for a while, I took students to volunteer and do that kind of work uh, and learn from, from the working center. Um, and Then, to tie it back to the scriptures again, um, we were part of this ministry team, student ministry team in, in Waterloo. Um, we had a mentor named Allison Seward who came in and she taught us how to read the scripture as a community and listen to what the spirit was saying. And uh, so we were reading the gospel of Mark and she really challenged us. She said, you know, this idea of proximity, right? Like when Jesus calls people to follow him, they have to come and live with him. They've got to be with him. They've got to see him live. And, um, and you look at the early church in Acts 2, they're living communally, they're sharing, right? She said, that's what you need to be doing. And so we really took that seriously and began to seek out uh, opportunities to to live close to each other, to live um, close to the people that we were serving. So we really relocated. And this was way before, this is a few years before I became aware of John Perkins' work, right? Um, but those... Um, but those practices of reading the scripture in community, saying, okay, this is how God's calling us to live it out, and then doing our best in faith to go after that, led us to buy houses together close to people that we were serving, um, and then uh, and really practice the kinds of things that are very much in line with the three R's, right, with um, relocation, reconciliation, and redistribution. Um, and then I think it was when we came here that we found out about CCDA
2: specifically. But that was... mm-hmm. One of the things that just struck me is that in all three of our podcasts, we're talking about taking the scripture literally in some ways, whether it was inviting people, whether it was gardens, whether it's, um, you know, being with people. And uh, that's something that people kind of shy away from sometimes. And yet we realize that um, a lot of scripture is instructional, yeah, so again, in your situation, it was coming across what's in Isaiah 58. Mm-hmm. It clearly spoke to you yeah. and in the Gospel of Mark. So what, what? how do you think we should read Scripture? <laughs> you said you learned. <laughs> That's
0: a great question. How should we read Scripture? Um, we were talking about this today. I think Kenny was... Uh, w- Sorry. So we, were, we had a staff meeting today, and we were talking about exegesis, right, versus mm-hmm. eisegesis, and how um, one of the principles of Christian community development is to exegete uh, context. And I liked what Kenny said about that, because when, uh, somebody asked Kenny, like, what does it mean to exegete? And you, you talked about, like, reading what's in the text, right? So you need to read what is the meaning of that text, what is the text saying. You're not trying to read your own ideas into it, but you're also letting the text read you. Mm-hmm. Right, and I think that that's so powerful because when the Scripture reads me, I'm called to transformation. I'm I'm called to change, and, um, and that that's been a like years ago. Um, I remember teaching students and and other people when we come to the Scriptures, we're not looking for knowledge, we're not just looking for ideas. Uh, we're coming to encounter the living God and to be healed by Him, and then transformed and to live with his power so
1: that's kind of how i would hope that we read the scripture Mm -hmm. (laughs) it's awesome it's awesome when when you think about our community here right when you think about mosaic what are some ways that you've seen those those principles that you were living you were espousing how have you seen that play out in in our, our church community it's a great question.
0: I mean, I um, one of the things that really drew us to Mosaic at the beginning was um, the fact that many people had relocated from different neighborhoods and even from different cities to live in close proximity to um, to people that they wouldn't normally be living with, right? And um, we had done that in student ministry, and then when we saw people doing that for the sake of working uh, with David at Mosaic and with the Life Resource Center, we were like, "That's." That's really great. And to see, like, now there's people at Mosaic who have been living in, like, well, for them are pretty challenging. Like, they're not the neighborhoods that they grew up in, right? Um, They're more challenging. And they've been living there for years, and they've got good relationships with neighbors. That's delightful. Um, So definitely seen that. There is this community gardening thing, right? Like... Both here on this property, but uh, in the previous property where we were, uh, there were community gardens there, started mm-hmm. by people that were part of this work beforehand. My wife Kimberly loves community gardening, you yes, know. She does. Um, yeah. yeah. Uh, so that's been really good. Um, so yeah, that's been that's been huge, and I would, yeah, I think maybe I'll stop there. Those those things are really key. That's
1: awesome. Um, and as as you think, like. Think in future terms right for our community what are what are some ways that that our community can continue to grow in that
0: Well, one of the biggest things I think for me so I, when I think about the the redistribution value or principle that that uh, Dr. John Perkins practiced and, and taught people um, i've thought about that. Partially economically, for sure, but also um, in terms of what you mentioned earlier, Kenny, about like what are the gifts that we've been given? And um, I recognize that I've been given incredible gifts around leadership, mentorship, and scripture interpretation. And so for me, one of the things I really long to do is to redistribute those gifts, Mm. right? So to think about how can I give away the gift of leadership? How can I give away the gift of interpreting the scriptures? So... When I started at Mosaic, I taught Bible studies, right to students, um, and just gave away those skills of interpreting the scriptures together. But I also feel like we need that in a fresh way as a church, and maybe you know more broadly as um, as Christians. We're like we actually expect God to speak when we come to the scriptures together, mm-hmm. and we and we discipline ourselves to to hear what the text is saying and hear what the Spirit is saying, and to set aside our presuppositions um and even maybe our own insecurities mm-hmm. and and our own priorities and say okay God like what do you want to say to me right now so when you ask this question like where would i love to see us grow i would love to see us like um experience the power of the scriptures as a whole church community and then to 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 see people responding in faith and living it out and being like okay God spoke this today we're doing this today you know mm-hmm. wow that would be amazing
1: that would be wonderful that's awesome i hear i hear this this term that you're saying of expectation, yeah, like we expect the scriptures to speak, we expect God to work. Would you would you bless us into that expectation?
0: Yeah, Heavenly Father, um, boy, we confess that our expectations uh, are often much less or just very different uh, from what you want to do. So I pray that you would renew in us faith and refresh our expectations, Um, particularly, Lord, around how you might want to speak to us through the Scriptures. God, I pray for us as a church that when we gather to study the Scripture together um, as a big body and even just as individuals and and in smaller groups, God, would we come with expectation? And would you uh, blow our socks off? Because our Lord Jesus said that when we come with a small measure of expectation, we'll get... A small measure back. But when we come with a big measure of expectation, there will be this overflow that we mm-hmm. would be surprised by. And God, that's been true in my life. And I pray that you would show that to be true in, in the life of our church. Would you teach us to come with big expectations, big faith? And would you uh, just show us how good you are and faithful you are? And I pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Amen.